Hey everyone, good morning. It is Saturday, April 4th, and I just recorded my whole sermon and lost the audio. So, um, so we're going to go round two here on this Palm Sunday, and uh, tomorrow is Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week. That'll be April 5th, and we are all still in collective lockdown. So wherever this finds you, I hope that you are managing. I hope that everybody in your orbit is healthy. And just know that from from me and the Mission Hills family, we're sending you all so much love. And uh, if you need anything, please, please, please let us know. Um, and with that being said, I think we're just going to dive into uh, the sermon part two. And we always begin with a question. So we're going to begin with this question for this week. Um, in what ways do you experience Holy Week as holy? In what ways do you experience Holy Week as holy? And I wonder if, um, if you come from a background that celebrates Holy Week. I know that a lot of Protestant churches um, don't celebrate Holy Week. Where I grew up, we, we did the Palm Sunday thing, and then... I think we did Easter. I think that was it. I don't. I don't ever remember doing anything in between, like Maundy Thursday, uh, Good Friday, or Holy Saturday. Uh, so I'd be interested if if you come from a background that celebrated Holy Week um, or walked through Holy Week together. Um, and then perhaps as a second question or a question that kind of goes off that first one is, given our collective moment right now, how do we see this week? How can we experience this actual Holy Week as holy? Uh, what does that make you think of? What would that look like given uh, our situation being in quarantine and really facing the unknowns of the world that we live in right now? Uh, I think that has been one of the hardest things uh, for, for me and maybe for all of us to, to really grapple with is um, that we're always entering a week in which we've never lived before. And obviously that's... Uh, a tr always a true statement, but in another way, uh, it's a little different because we don't know what the world is like on the other side. So, uh, in what ways do you experience Holy Week as holy? Our text for today is Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, and it is Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. And I'm going to read the whole thing, and this morning I'm reading out of the message translation. When they neared Jerusalem. Having arrived at Bethphage on Mount Olives, Jesus sent two disciples with these instructions. Go over to the village across from you. You'll find a donkey tethered there, her colt with her. Untie her and bring them to me. If anybody asks you what you're doing, say the master needs them. He'll send them with you. This is the full story of what was sketched earlier by the prophet. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king is on his way. Poised and ready, mounted on a donkey, on a colt, full of a pack animal. The disciples went and did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They led a donkey and a colt out, laid some of their clothes on them, and Jesus mounted. Nearly all the people in the crowd threw their garments down on the road, giving them a royal welcome. Others cut branches from the trees and threw them down as a welcome mat. Crowds went ahead and crowds followed, all of them calling out, Hosanna to David's son. Blessed is he who comes in God's name, Hosanna in the highest heaven. As he made his entrance into Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken. Unnerved, people were asking, what's going on here? Who is this? The parade crowd answered, this is the prophet Jesus 
the one from Nazareth in Galilee. Great story. Maybe it's one that you're familiar with. Uh, there is so much going on in this text, almost so much that um, it's really hard from a historical perspective to, to pick out all the little things um, that are going on in this story. Um, and we would talk about this text every year being an incredibly political demonstration. This was a political protest. I mean, even things from, um, you know, Jesus being uh, led out on the donkey, an animal that symbolizes uh, peace. Jesus is coming in on the opposite side of Jerusalem in a counter-protest. So on the other side of the city, you have Pilate coming in on horses, military, empire, wealth, all the things as this processional on the other side of town is coming in, sort of symbolized about who and how powerful empire is coming into the city. And then on the other side, you have this wimpy counter-protest from Jesus um, where they're laying down their clothes on the road and palm branches uh, so that the donkey's feet won't get dirty on the, on the dirt road. I mean, it's just, it's so comical as a, as a counter-protest and what it's symbolizing in response to what is going on the other side of town. You also have, um, you know, we think about social, we live in a time of social distance, but here uh, during Jesus' day, it was true social class distance. Social distance is the separation of um, those who had a lot, those who came from the city, um, being at a different societal level than those who came from the rural areas. They were poor, um, they were lower class, uh, and this is where Jesus and the majority of his followers come from. They're, they're, ro- they're rural people. Um, you even see this at the end um, when the crowd answers, uh, this is the prophet Jesus, the one from Nazareth in Galilee. He's not from Jerusalem. He's not a city guy. He is a, from a lower class. And so you have all these dynamics of um, the counter-protest to Rome. You have all the class dynamics in the class warfare issues, and what that represents as um, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. What does that mean for the movement that Jesus is representing, the movement that he's leading? Uh, what does all of this mean? And I think we see, um, we see a lot of variance in how people take this story, how, how it's taught, how it's experienced, um, you know, when I was growing up, you know, this story was just about, like, the kids in church doing, like, the cute palm branches in service, and then it was, like, it was, like, pre-Easter, basically. There was not, it didn't have the sort of um, deep political resonance as a, as a first movement into Holy Week, uh, and that's really how I see and experience this text as, like, Holy Week begins with this protest. What does that mean for the trajectory of Every day this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Easter comes. Uh, there's, um, in, in Christianity today, I think we see a few things going on, especially during the pandemic, where we always see a, an aversion to suffering and dealing with tragedy and trying to explain away suffering. Um, 
And this is often done as, from a theological perspective. We see this during the pandemic when Christians will say things like, oh, well, God's got this. Or uh, you see churches post on Instagram things like, oh, God has a plan for us. We're still just choosing faith over fear. Or something like, God wins in the end. Like, we know how this pandemic ends. God wins. It's like, it's all efforts to explain away the anxiety, attempts to explain the suffering and illustrate some kind of confidence in God's sovereignty during a chaotic time. I think it's just a human impulse to always ascribe meaning during chaos in an attempt to mitigate our anxiety in the face of unknowing and tragedy. And you even see this with people saying stuff like, oh, well, see, this is just Mother Earth balancing the, the ecosystem. It's like there's this impulse to try to say something is going on here and someone is in control here because we don't want to admit that our lives are always chaotic and a pandemic really brings out that reality, that that already exists. And, um, you know, Peter Rollins says, what you see in times like this is um, either magical thinking or magical acting. So magical thinking, a good example of that is, you know, God will take care of it. And magical acts can be as, something as simple as the sort of like unconscious hoarding items from the grocery store in order, in order to subside our anxiety, right? Like, we don't have enough, we don't have enough. And people aren't actually consciously thinking that. They're just, they're acting out of a human impulse that there's not going to be enough for me. Like before the, the pandemic, if you went up to somebody and you said, well, could you ever envision a scenario in which you would rip toilet paper out of an old lady's hands? They would be appalled that you would ever ask that question. And yet something happens and people snap. They don't think about what they're doing. And it's just, it's, a, it's an example of, of magical acting. So in the Palm Sunday story, you know, the disciples are really trying to grapple with still you know, what kind of movement is Jesus leading? I mean, they understand it to a certain degree. I mean, they're followers, they resonate with it. But they're trying to grapple with what does the inbreaking of the kingdom of God into this world, what does that mean? What is Jesus going to save the people from? And we know that there's all of these different kinds of ex expectations for what it means for Jesus to challenge the empire. Jesus makes this protest entrance on a donkey, mocking the Roman militaristic processional on the other side of town. So is Jesus leading a populist uprising? Was he indicating a willingness uh, to martyrdom at the hands of the oppressive domination system? I mean, you know, whatever interpretation we choose or what we think that um, people in his movement were understanding about Jesus' protest, Palm Sunday offers us a deeply challenging political invitation. What does following Jesus signal for you? And what does this story as our launching point into Holy Week, what, is this, what does this mean for us, especially during this wild season? What is a political call to change? Um, how could it change our understanding of Easter? How can we um, honestly walk through Holy Week given taking this story seriously, especially in our context, especially in the way in which our religion often skips over um, the suffering, the tragedy that Jesus walks through in Holy Week. This political movement that he's leading that gets launched into Jerusalem, um, it has ramifications. Like our, our, we're so quick to skip to Easter. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of uh, churches um, already posting you know, all of their Easter stuff, you know, Easter eggs, all this kind of stuff. Um, 
we don't want to sit with the suffering. We don't want to deal with the tragedy. And especially during this time when we're all going through it, we want to, we really uh, have a, ten- we really have a tendency to quickly go to magical thinking or magical acting as a way of not looking at the anxiety. But it seems to me that the call of Jesus into Holy Week is one that is politically active and is one that grapples with the chaos and complexity of the world and its power structures, the way in which the world operates, looking at our participation and motivation and anxiety in that system, and not turning away from the suffering of Jesus and not turning away from the suffering of the world. Um, you know, should we just enjoy our Easter candy and move on about our lives? Because I think that's how a lot of Christianity operates. Like, just, you know, have your Easter bunny and eggs and, um, you know, see you next year. Um, it's all about, you know, making Easter into a show, and it's never actually grappling with the reality that we live in. It's not taking up the political call that Jesus calls his followers into, and it's not experiencing the existential suffering of Christ on the way to the cross <laughs> that is at the core of our faith. We just skip to resurrection, and, you know, Richard Rohr will say things all the time, like, if, you, if uh, pain is not transformed, it's transmitted. I think we see that a lot in, in Christianity today, is that we're not, we're not able to embrace the existential uh, experience of suffering, doubt, isolation, loneliness, um, abandonment on the cross. I mean, the, the core experience of Jesus on the cross is one of abandonment. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? No, 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 no. We'll just skip to Easter. I'll just get it. Just get the eggs. Um, what are the political rumblings within you? What are the resistances that the antagonisms that you feel within yourself that that you and we as a community can embrace today and going into this week as followers of Jesus, who's a nonviolent political resistance leader? What opportunities? What space does this open up? Um, I know it's, it can be a little scary, but what opportunities does this open up for us, for our, our faith? Um, we're invited to embrace the experience of the path to the cross, um, embracing all of the anxiety that comes with that, all of the suffering, the injustice. What is missing in our culture that refuses to go through the suffering and experience the lack? Um, because Again, speaking of the pandemic, if our pain isn't transformed through this process, it will be transmitted down the road. And we have to to take a look at what is really going on within us at this time and within our world. Uh, Because if we just say, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, don't want to hear it, I'm covering my ears, Um, we just like give us Easter and then, um, you know, cross our fingers and we hope that God's got this and then we get on the other side of it and... Everybody in culture and the way that the, the world operates just goes on about the way we were doing things before. And Jesus calls his, his followers into a nonviolent political resistance movement. Given this moment, how can we experience this whole week as holy? I think we'll leave it there. I hope everybody is doing well. Join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. on Zoom. You can send us an email for that link. 
Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're still going through the universal Christ. And be well, grace and peace. Much love. Bye.